Hello and welcome to Divided by Brand, the weekly podcast show for entrepreneurs, business owners and influencers. If you want to learn more about branding, hear from industry experts and first-hand accounts about ways that you might find yourself divided by your own business's brand, then this is the show for you. Join me, your host, Dan O'Cook, a brand identity specialist with over 20 years design experience and founder of Vi Design Co. I'm going to talk everything brand, but more specifically, I want to go behind the scenes of real life brand challenges that businesses and individuals have faced that has left them divided in their mind or divided by the people around them. I want you to learn with me exactly what real life brand divides people have faced and by overcoming them, did they help to create success? It's the show that's going to have a host of different branding stories. I'm going to be speaking with people on personal branding, corporate branding. I want to speak with artists and designers, even streamers. I want to put these guests in front of you and get them to open up about their own brand divides. And I think you'll agree, that's quite enough jazzy intro. Can we just start the show, please? and welcome to this episode of Divided by Brand. My name's Dan O'Cock and here's what's coming up on today's show. I've got another guest in the Divided by Brand spotlight. Again, it's a guest that's coming from the US. His name is Ricardo, Ricardo Zulueta. And I've got him on the show because he's got a host of business experience, but also brand experience. He has well, for the last 15 years, created a successful clothing label. And I wanted to delve a little bit into his story behind that brand. But also in that kind of true entrepreneur spirit, Ricardo has another business, which he's in the process um, of launching. He is a co-founder of a startup that I want to see how he's taken his brand experience and what he's learned with his clothing label and how he's applying that into this new venture of his influencer marketing focused business so join me as i speak to ricardo and we find out some answers to some of the brand related topics and questions that he's asked himself over the years and time that he's been in business Welcome to the show, Ricardo. It's awesome to have you on. It's been, as we've just said, nearly a month since we had our intro call. And um, it always makes me grateful for making notes when it's been such a long time between um, chatting with somebody and then actually getting them on for an interview. So what I like to do at the very start of a show is... um, just get get a guest to give me three wins, a recap from the last couple of weeks for yourself. There can be personal wins or business wins. What what have you been up to? Let, let's have a let's see what you've been doing. Yeah, um, so you know, with the COVID and everything, it's been very limited. So you just kind of try and do whatever you can. Um, like you mentioned, uh, mentioned to you, I'm more a uh, serial entrepreneur. So I've got you know multiple businesses that I'm kind of trying to juggle around a little bit. Uh, with the clothing, that's been affected a lot because we used to do a lot of uh, offline events. So now we really have to rely mostly on online stuff. Um, so we're doing that, but also... Um, so if you're the, doing the, stuff online, have you had some good stuff going off in the last few weeks have you had any events um yeah so it's mostly doing behind the scenes kind of things i'm trying to work with a different startup that actually has like virtual events i'm trying to see what i can do with that um and see how that goes because the you know that that interaction that i used to have has diminished you know big time yeah and because of the branding we used to you know we when we talk about the brand in person it really resonates with people a lot more you know absolutely but i'm trying to learn now so something i learned is like i should have been uh really focusing a lot more on the online game 
a lot more, you know? And I was actually getting a, a, some great, um, uh, what do you call it, um, repeat customers. And I need to, to kind of focus online with them more rather than focusing on the offline stuff. So yeah, so we, we're kind of doing a, you know. It sounds like you've been kind of evaluating what the business is and what you're doing in this in this kind of climate at the moment environment yeah yeah no definitely so um one of the things because we have an inspirational brand you know motivational and there's been such a uh what do you just uh, uh so much noise out there now about motivation yeah. and inspiration that it's getting kind of annoying you know and people that are just getting uh just too much so it's you really have to have a different angle and how to resonate with them. You, you know? can get overloaded, can't you? At the moment, yeah. there's so many different, well, not not, not even conflicting um, pieces of advice, but there's so much out there that you think, shall I absorb this? Shall yeah. I absorb that? And yeah, especially during this time, I know. everyone all they're doing is consuming. I know. You know. Well, look, let's, yeah. I think that's a, it's really good to hear that you've, um, you know, certainly been giving it some thought and it's an important thing in any business to take time, you know, to take your, not foot off the gas, but take the step back sometimes, isn't it? And just evaluate. Yeah. It's an important thing to do. Um, Definitely. What I want to do then is to introduce the listeners to um, a little bit of background about you and... Yeah your story and where you've got to so what we'll do is we, i mean i'll set the scene a little bit but i want you to fill in and we'll kind of make a conversation out of it so i know your background was in finance right yeah i'm quite interested to hear what i mean what was that background in finance but more specifically how have you how's that prepared you for the world of business so one good thing is like so it's more analytical right and so that kind of just helped just the analytical background. Um, I was economics finance. So uh, right afterwards, uh, it, you know, in this world today, it's not necessarily just finance. There's a lot more data now. Like people are almost getting off this Excel spreadsheet yeah. and you almost, you have such an advantage now knowing databases, uh, whether it's access, SQL, things like that. Um, I mean, it's been years for me now, but I'm probably obsolete now. <laughs> <laughs> Never but, uh, obsolete. Just a yeah, nah, just a different right? angle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, it's like if they didn't learn that, then I'm, I'm definitely not obsolete. If you have more data analytical background or skills, if you can do that, a lot of people can't grasp how databases really work you know um, obviously you have software that kind of helps that but just being that analytical thing and what i learned from the finance thing is seeing the story right like what's happening you know why did this go down well because this happened and this happened why did this go up oh we, this must be working and this is working so being able to really read the story of what's happening it kind of that's what you learn from that at least right. and also uh, one thing i learned was like learning how to set up like how to um do your calculations right you always want to have like all the inputs you know what's going into your calculations and then you know for excel at least that's just what you do you get all the inputs all the variables that you need this does all the calculations and then you do the output that becomes the reports and all that stuff. So I liked how you so, just said that it tells a story. So do you find that when yeah. you see these, um, this, these facts and figures, these statistics, do they tell a story to you then? So yeah, when you see finances, that's always what you want to see it as, not just numbers. You have to be able to know how they interrelate with each other. Like when you increase ad spend, then you should increase revenue somehow. When you decrease cost here, it should increase somewhere. So you're always kind of trying to see what the story is. And you know, that's why a lot of people will do monthly. Sometimes will, if you really, when I was working at AT&T, I mean, you, you were doing things on a daily, uh, even weekly, because if something goes down all of a sudden like hey one of your towers is out because why are we not making any why aren't we seeing any data coming from this tower right. because something went down so there's going to be a red flag so you get these red flags right but then it tells the story and then it goes like oh they had a crazy thunderstorm at that area or um we were doing a fix or something right. but you need to report those so yes you so wanna... you're seeing that impact just in figures 
Exactly. Yeah. And it's, but the thing is, you have to remember, it's just a static representation of the story. Yeah. And that's why you have to keep taking one after the other. It's static. It's not a dynamic thing that keeps moving around. That's a story for that month, yeah. that day, yeah. that year. I love it. And that's it. I think I've never, yeah. even, never, I don't think I've ever considered like the fact that finance would tell a story <laughs> kind of yeah. like yeah. that yeah yeah so you actually see like you know what happened here what happened here oh wow this is what's happening like oh cool so you must have been doing a lot of R&D on this so what did you come up with and oh like so when you read these things and you call it like why did this happen or how did this come up yeah you, you'll actually get to see uh, the story of what's happening with the company so you've so you've, you, you're preparing in economics and finance so do you come out of university with a qualification in that then what do you mean like uh, so, coming out yeah do you I mean how did did you train specifically in economics and finance um, I, yeah I just went to college for it I started off as an in accounting because I knew I'm like ah, I guess I'm good with numbers like I'll do numbers you know like so yeah why not but then I I, I saw some accountants like just working on uh, he, you know my uncle had a business and he was just there all night working on all these different receipts and this and i'm like okay yeah i don't know if i want to do that <laughs> yeah well that was going to be my next question is well what do you do when you've got this qualification and you're like yeah what, what job am i going to get now <laughs> right that's the reason i went into finance because from what i understood from finance you get to interact with different parts of the different departments because you need to know what's going on right yeah. so you need to deal with the, this department and this department and then you know they have to give all the data from all of them to come up with the whole company right so i figured i'm like you know what at least that one has some kind of extrovert type you know <laughs> a job you know yeah so that's why i decided to go with finance but i was just um i don't know what even though i was analytical i was you know, I have like that extrovert personality, like us in sales and marketing and all that stuff. So, you know, I always kind of did different things. So I just didn't want to be behind the desk the whole time. But you did know? you spend time doing that, like be doing that desk part first? And did you ever hit that wall? No, no, you didn't. I was, dude, I'm, I'm an I'm I like being outdoors more than. Uh, sitting on a computer, but I can sit on a computer all day as well. I asked the question because I, I do know. And I have had guests on who have often um, set out with a very particular career path, yeah. felt trapped, and then yeah. made a complete you know, U-turn on what they were doing yeah. to pursue something that they really want to do. I mean, I'm talking like from real estate to being a <laughs> social media strategy expert, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going from you know, financial analyst or data analyst at AT&T to traveling the world for my apparel company, you know, like I went to UK, Hawaii, all that stuff. So yeah, it, that's completely different than being behind the desk. <laughs> I know. And well, that's a perfect actual point to just transition into the, to the, one of the brands that I want to talk yeah. about, which is your clothing label. Yeah. So it's going to have to go in explicit this and the rating of the podcast because it's called Fuck It. <laughs> and I don't yeah. think we can say that any other way without it being explicit. But it's Fuck It. Yeah, I know, I know. But in in kind of, I guess, in pronunciation terms to somebody who's never seen the brand, I just, yeah. I kind of read it as Fuck It. Right, right. But, <laughs> but and, and I'm saying it like that quite flippantly because that in itself is one of the th one of the topics that I want to delve into the fact that I'm saying it as fuck it there's a real I want to just describe to the listeners I'm going to read this quote from your um from the website which is your mission yeah. so the mission um from the site the mission is our mission is to motivate and inspire people to live life without regret and accept challenges worth the risk right what a statement first of all Thank you. But what I want you to do for people that are listening is just explain why that is your, the mission of the brand. A little bit of background. Yeah. So when I started this, like I said, I just had that entrepreneurial spirit in me, right? I was actually developing something completely different. I was trying to do a book exchange, doing more like a social network, 
you know, uh, things like that for colleges. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't know the technical know-how. And it's one of those things, it's like just the name that popped out. And what's happened is it actually went reverse. I didn't think of the idea and then the brand name. I came up with the brand name and then analyzed what the hell is it, you know? So I was trying to get, uh, I was a college, you know, just graduating or just, I was actually still in. And when I was talking, I had uh, this, the name was, uh, it went from gifts online, generating income for students, uh, so giftsonline.com. Mm -hmm. I was helping people raise money or fraternities, sororities, and then I changed it to glocalcampus.com. But I was just like, there's so many campus this and something campus.com, like no one's gonna remember me. Like what would help people remember me, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's when, it's one of those, just about to fall asleep, I saw the brand people wearing it like basically the brand right and i was like whoa that would totally stick out so i started looking at that so being i was young and just i really just wanted to tell people to, to remind them to live life a little bit more you know because it became more like uh that lifestyle mindset you know instead of because i didn't know the tech stuff i didn't know how to make the book exchange happen i didn't know that but i know i can visit take pictures and tell tell a story so it ended up there and there was a point where I was just like, you know, this online game, no one was doing it. And, but I'm like, am I gonna be proud of this brand when I'm older? So I really needed to go chill out. I know we're partying right now and stuff like that. And you're representing this, but what do you really stand for? Like, what is this? So one of the biggest things that I did was analyze, why do we even say that phrase anyway? And at the time I was with my friend talking about it. So I told him, I'm like, it's, I know it's something about regret. Obviously you don't want to regret it. So, you know, fuck it. So you let go. It's something from the past, right? Mm -hmm. You can't move forward unless you let go of this something from the past. So live life without regret. That was easy. Um, then there was something else moving forward. We also say that phrase in an act of moving forward. Um, like, uh, uh, action sports or things like that, you know, going for it, starting your company, things like that, right? Yeah. That's not a let go of something. That's more like stepping forward. And so my friend, I was telling him, I'm like, it's something about, it has to be worth the risk or you don't say it. You say, fuck that, right? So it was something in that risk. And he said, so I said, it's like something about challenges, you know, getting the, you know, taking a, the challenge to, that's worth the risk. And he said, no it's accept challenges worth the risk. And I'm like, why? He goes, because the challenges are always set in front of you, but it's up to you to accept it or not. And when you accept it is actually when you say it. And so that's how that motto came about. But through years of experience and talking and listening, we actually learned that's not actually why you say it. That's only why you should say it. So that's what I condone why you should say it. But the real reason we say that phrase is really because you made a decision. It's a confirmation that you're actually gonna follow through and commit to a decision you just made. That's why it comes out of you. So does this, there's another bit that I'm quoting from your site and there's a yeah. video, I'm gonna put a link so people can go watch this to, to, yeah. to see exactly what we're talking about. But the brand is a mentality, not a lifestyle. Yeah. So this is how that came about. Everyone's talking about, you know, everyone's a lifestyle brand, lifestyle brand. And I'm just like, no, that is not me. A surfer has a completely different lifestyle than a motocross yeah. or skateboarder. Um, I've had people, you know, uh, people that are motorcyclists, completely different lifestyle than a doctor, right? Yeah. Then why are they buying my brand? Why is the same person buying my brand? Why? because the mentality overlaps into different lifestyle. It's all about your mindset. Our brand is more about a mindset, not a lifestyle. Everyone has a completely different lifestyle, but they resonate with my brand as much as the other person. I've had doctors wear the same hat and come up to me and then another kid, you know, someone with all different tattoos come up and buy the same exact hat. And he's like, hey, I just bought the same hat, but they had the same amount of pride with it. That's odd, right? Tattooed person and someone <laughs> corporate wearing the same exact hat. But that's the power of brand. Right, exactly. Yeah, this and is it's it. mostly a mindset, a mentality, not a lifestyle. A lot of people focus on a certain lifestyle, but uh, ours is more a mindset. So how long did it, I mean, 
just so people get the picture of how long it's taken you to establish this brand mm-hmm. um yeah you quoted me 15 years is that right yeah yeah i've had the brand for 15 years and just off and on you know just doing like since i was working since i graduated i just kind of kept dabbling and i'm like i'm a financial analyst but on the weekends i'm like setting up my apparel at a bar and okay. at the time i was like why not it's just my 401k i'm making money on it so what, what's the worst case scenario with this so when it so when it all starts 15 years ago you were you were hustling you were down there and selling the stuff yourself right and making yeah. yourself known um were you telling people a story at the time we how were you starting that um yeah that, that brand so that's that's where it started evolving because every time i told people this story it it kept changing i like being very consistent yep uh, when you have a philosophy, when you have anything, it has to be consistent. So everything I do has to make sense, right? Yep. Um, so it just kept evolving on what I told people. At first, it was just like, oh, it's just telling people, you know, reminding people to live life more and take more risks. And that's really what the brand is. It's just a reminder. Um, you know, people have a misconception that people are buying it in support of mental health and all that stuff. But really, I'm trying to help the person buying it. We're not using the money you gave us to help someone else. Like, no, I'm hoping you get the reminder because no one is immune to suicide, to suicidal tendencies, Yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess we'll talk about kind of like what the brand is, right? Yeah, so, I mean... I'm just intrigued. I mean, I know it's 15 years ago, so this is yeah. pre-social media days, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which for some people, they'd be like, "What do you mean? That life's always had social media." But I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> to tell you, but once upon a time, we actually picked up the phone and or, or right. wrote letters. So this is this is back when that was the case, and you couldn't Google if you misspell it. You know? No. <laughs> You had to get a paper dictionary out. So, you know, it presents its own set of challenges back then, but in a way, um, it's a more honest approach to to launching a brand because people are engaging with you one-to-one. Yeah. So, you know, what really made it difficult, obviously, I picked a very difficult brand name. I thought about changing it. I, so many times and it just didn't make sense because there was this one time I compared it with other brands because all these motivational messages, pretty much there's not one company that doesn't promote a motivational quote, right? Mm-hmm. Not one, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, so what makes me so different? People have said, it's like Nike, just do it, you know? And I'm just like, so people are just making random shirts. You know, there was a rise in just like uh, people printing their own shirts with quotes on it. Yeah, of course. It didn't have to be a brand, no. right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going, how, what, what makes them, what makes my brand strong? And what, if anyone could just print something positive in their shirts anyway, right? But the branding itself, what I learned was that when I was looking at the shirts with motivational messages, I learned that they're just all suggestions, they're meaningless. They don't really do anything for you unless you make a decision about something, right? The only time, so even though it's pronounced fuck it, it actually persuades people to say fuck it more without even being offensive about it, right? People have challenged me with that and I'm like, you sound stupid, not stupid. I hope you know that it's Superman, not Supperman. Like, it's just phonetics, man. You know, so I had to, you know, I have to school people with that. But the, the biggest thing that I learned was like, is that the only time you say it is only until after a decision has been made. That's very powerful. So if someone said, oh, it's like Nike, just do it. I'm like, no. I can tell you, Dan, like, hey, start your own business. Come on, just do it. Just do it. Just do just it. Just do it. Oh my God, just do it. 50 million times, and I still don't know if you will or not. But it takes you one time, not twice, not three times, one time to go, you know what, fuck it. And all of a sudden, because the only reason that came out is you finally made a decision. So that's what the differentiator, and that's what really made the brand even stronger because I couldn't put my finger on it back in the day. Like, so I learned it through years of talking with people, like what it actually is. And that's when I figured it out, when I started comparing, like what makes me so different? 
I love it. You know, yeah, I love why it. am I going to win? Yeah, I love it. I mean, there's a whole story there. There's the fact that you, this evolved and it evolved yeah. over time organically. And what I'm yeah. quite keen to ask you now is who has helped you along the way with the clothing label in terms of how that brand came to life? So how it was visualized? Did you yeah. originally start off on your own? Or, I mean, who, who's helped you out along the way? So it's funny, you know, and it's something I only learned today, but now I'm looking back. It's, what really helped me was like trying to figure out what did I want my brand to become? Was it something I'm going to be proud of? Was it something, you know, so it's like everything kind of just shifted to what I wanted it to become because it's a, you know, it's a tough name, obviously, right? But I have to be really careful. So, you know, people suggest, hey, you should have this, oh, fuck it. And I'm just like, no, that that's that's not me. That's not my brand. Like, uh, that's like comical. That becomes a novelty. I never want it to be a novelty. Yeah. And that's actually when I started learning that I had a brand when I had repeat customers because they're buying the same brand over and over, yeah, you know, yeah. and I'm like, wow, I'm a brand now. It's not a novelty where, oh, cool. And then it becomes something they wash their car with, you know, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. So, I mean, you look at different brands. I was more involved in the action sports because it's kind of my, I guess my background, skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, all that stuff, right? So I was like, I wanted the brand to be in that realm, but it's a tough scene because I'm going like, yeah, but they're not the only ones that say the phrase. That's not the only ones that I can help. So that doesn't really make sense that it's just an action brand, but I really needed to focus in on that also though you know you yeah. need to segment it yeah and it was difficult i really liked how you were asking yourself early on that question of what is my brand going to become yeah. now that is a very strategic question that a lot of people even in established businesses still haven't yeah. answered and yeah. you know i have clients coming to me and they couldn't answer that question and they've been in business yeah. they've been in business 12 years and they realized you know 12 years in that they don't really have a brand because they've built a business off the back of right. something else. It's true. And then that's why I always tell people, even in the mental health arena, right? But I relate entrepreneurship a lot with mental health. Um, I tell people that that's why it's becoming uh, very important to be a mission or purpose-driven company or brand. The problem is people are not creating their mission correctly. Yeah. Um, what I've learned, just like in mental health, the the cause is always an action verb, right? Yeah, I mean, and I call it your why. I'm a, you know. Yeah, it's your why, but um, when people answer it, it's not a noun. No, right? no. People have to understand that, like, oh, I want to be the best this. That's a noun. Yeah. That's very limited. That's finite. Um, you want something to be an action verb that keeps on going. That's why, for example, um, if I just put myself as like, I want to be the best motivational brand or apparel, and then that's it. Okay, so you're the best apparel, but what's the cause? What's the what's the action word? You know, it's to inspire and motivate. It usually starts to something is the purpose, right? Yeah. And it has to be a verb because when it's a verb, it, it's infinite thinking kind of mindset, you know? Um, so I think it, something like I picked up off yours, another one is let go of regrets and take more risk. Um, yeah. That's It's not really where we were going but it's it's not a noun for a start so yeah it, it, the, the verb has to be there like to inspire and motivate yeah and then what are you doing after that exactly um, and yeah because i learned that from a design thinker like he was doing design right yeah well, it's and, interesting though because today I, before this interview i've spent all morning with, um, on a brand strategy session a brand strategy uh, workshop with a client and mm -hmm my brain is just has been in that mode all morning and now it's been like this is here it's like yeah now we can include this in the podcast episode so the strat the strategic thinking behind yeah. your brand to get if you can invest that time um yeah the value should be there for the lifetime of the business and right exactly, exactly. And, and the thing as well is that even if even if perhaps it changes or evolves, it shouldn't evolve massively unless you decide to, you know, really pivot. Well, and that's what it does, right? When you have the correct purpose or mission, 
it allows you to evolve. Yeah. It's the ones that don't evolve that become stagnant and fail. Um, and the, for example, exactly. And just okay. on that note as well, when you evolve, when you're evolving as a business, and you have other people in that business, without mm-hmm. the, the right brand, without the, the right brand strategy, they won't understand where you're going and what things stand for, and yeah. they they'll disappear. Yeah. They won't feel valued. There's a whole host of yeah. things that that come with the right brand strategy that are right. huge benefits. Right. Yeah, the why, the purpose gives you that um, almost like a direction or guidance, you know, it's like a general direction and then everything else will follow that, you know, so unless you have that, man, you're always going to veer off and all of a sudden you segment your products too much or you go way overboard and all of a sudden it's like your mission is this it wasn't supposed to be this you know like it just has to make sense uh look at facebook their their mission is about connecting people so to connect people so that's the big part not to be the best social network yeah when you if they had pigeonholed themselves as to be this best social network well what are, we, are they going to do with virtual reality then why are we doing um all these uh you know different strategies for you know, then how they have the Oculus and all that stuff. Like, you know, it's just like their thing is what can connect people the most, you know? This social network is going to be a completely different story later on. Yeah. You're not going to call it a social network anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, yeah. So I think... Um... What I was going to say there was, or what the original question was, who helped you along the way? Because we kind of diverted into a whole oh, yeah, raft yeah. of strategies. Uh, so who's kind of helped you build this this and put it in place then? Man. You? Was, <laughs> yeah, it was really just me and talking with people. People helped me um, as I kept talking to them and listening and listening. And people need to understand that, like, you know, your, your customers, your audience, that's like the best feedback you're going to get because they're kind of your boss, right? Okay. Um, if, if you're building something they don't want, you're wasting a lot of time. So and th- and that's kind of where I'm even having a hard time in. Like, I really need to, like, kind of segment my audience a little more. It's just been very difficult because of my passion in helping people. Everyone is, no one's immune to mental health issues. And I feel like I need to help them, whether they're a doctor or a skateboarder. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, do I just focus on action sports? Yeah, probably would have more success if I focus on one thing. But so it's a lot of issues. But helping wise, I, you know, you look at different brands, like uh, we talked a little bit, like I like what Red Bull did, right? Um, yeah. I just kind of take little pieces from what I learned, from what they're doing, how they're doing it. But mostly it was always about the audience, you know, like, what do they want to see? What do they want to hear? What, what do they like about the brand? And, you know, and you feed off on that. It's like everyone, everyone's companies, you can't compare yourself with too many companies because everyone has such a different story and different branding like the way they perceive them right yeah um well i mean you should never copy you should never go out there to to think i'm gonna be the next whatever you know right because they are exactly they are them and you are you (laughs) yeah no matter what there's something unique even though there's a monster and there's a red bull there's people that just kind of go "Ah, i'm more a red bull or i'm a more monster you know (laughs) i know exactly and that's brandon absolutely right yeah that's pure branding that's it look at i mean i picked the hardest thing for branding okay (laughs) jesus i can't imagine trying to launch a brand like that now (sighs) 15 years ago yeah you probably definitely had the drop but now i can't imagine it it is so hard because you can get it anywhere. Well, actually, and I think what if you're going to launch a brand like this now, something that can really help you out with um, the, the the kind of more on the marketing of the brand, but being able to push it is, is influencers. That's a word yeah. that's going to lead nicely into the next part, and you know where I'm going, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like your style. I you like that, but it's true. It's true, right? If you were launching for um, Fuck It Now, or do you want me to call it Fuck It, whatever? Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever. If if you were doing that now, I mean, how would how are you going to get that brand recognized? What's that? This brand right now? Yeah. If you were, if this was day one of that yeah. company again. You, yeah. I mean, your mindset is going to be entirely different. It's kind of a weird thing to think about, but right. I would imagine well, being able to get that seen and heard by the right audience um, yeah. 
influencer marketing comes into play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Influencer marketing definitely could play such a huge role that it's becoming popular. So the way I see influencer marketing is the ability to borrow trust to help build your own credibility and get more customers, right? That's all you're really doing. It's that third person thing. So influencers are, are good, but I think really the messaging and really um, dehumanizing kind of, or humanizing, I mean, your brand is kind of the best thing you do, especially when it's an apparel, something. Yeah. Because when you wear apparel, it really kind of signifies who you are more than a coffee machine, right? Yeah, 100%. You don't really attach yourself to a coffee machine. It's like whatever is great for you, but uh, there's still some good branding with that. But when it's apparel, I mean, man, you really better resonate deep or else you're out because it could be the same exact shirt, shape, material, design, but you just change the brand name. They're like, no, that's not me. I'm not, I don't skate, you know, I don't surf. Like, why would I wear that? You know what I mean? Or someone is more into the tattoo industry. Like, oh, I wear this. I would never wear that, you know? And it's very powerful. And that's what's kind of funny with this brand. That's what's make it, made it so difficult. The mindset thing, it resonates with so many different cultures and lifestyles that I'm just like, fuck, what do I focus on? But, but if you yeah, get the right, if you get the right person wearing your clothes, then their fan base is like, hey, yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that's like the that's the thing. It's really I just I have to. That's why the, even with startups, you know, I went to a startup accelerator. They say it's it's all about the story, right? They always want and if, to tell you like it's yeah. Story. And if anyone's now listening, going, um, what? Why have you gone from clothing and why has it suddenly shifted over to influencer um, marketing? It's because I do want to talk about one of your other businesses, which is paid exposure. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of making that shift deliberately because it's another site, another business that Ricardo runs. Yeah. And this came after the clothing label, right? This is the latest yeah. venture. Yeah. So this is the latest that we're really uh, just in the process of launching and uh, getting everything going. Um, so how that came about, you know, we knew influencer marketing was going to be popular since, you know, for, forever ago. Like, because when, especially because I'm in a clothing business, right? The more people that was, was wearing it, like, whoa, that would be so awesome. But I learned that it is, um, it's very time consuming. It takes weeks or months to finalize transactions with influencers. And it's because they just lack professionalism and they don't have any business skills. Actually, they don't treat it like a business. And after doing a lot of research, I learned that all the problems actually stem from the influencers, not the sponsors. Yet, all the platforms that are out there are focusing on the sponsors. And I've talked to people, they don't get what I mean. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you don't go to a tattoo artist and, and tell them how to tattoo you. You don't say use this needle and use this ink. You, you just go, I want a dragon this size on my freaking shoulder. Yeah. And then you trust them to do the work because they should have mastered their skill. Same thing with uh, hair salons or interior designers. You don't tell them, hey, can you use this palette, please? Like they work, they mastered their craft and you're supposed to just trust them. In the influencer industry, that's not the case at all. They like ask the sponsors, like they don't know what to do. They don't know how to price themselves. So it's like back and forth for weeks, months. And it's just like, wow. So I'm like, we need to fix this. The only way to fix it is by focusing on the influencers and helping them actually become entrepreneurs. Um, and then to allow them to manage and uh, scale their own business. And then the additional part is attaching a marketplace to it that allows uh, them to connect with advertising sponsors and agencies. I, I love it. So, it's such a simple concept. Yeah. And it's funny and no one's doing no. what I'm doing. And that's when you make the most money often. It's like take the yeah. take an idea that's not being done and just do yeah. it. And it's it's brilliant. And again, I'm going to put note, um, a link in the show notes so people can go and have a look. It's called paidexposure.com. Yeah, and um you know, they'll be able to go and check out. So basically the principle being that they go to the site, obviously they can, if you think that you are an influencer and you want to get signed up, you can do. Yeah. Or if you're looking for an influencer, you can search right. through some of the top rated promoters 
find an influencer that matches up right. with your your product, your service, your brand, and right. engage with them, right? Yeah, and what's great is like we gave them, we give the influencers all the tools so that they will actually do the right thing. And we actually included something for the sponsor side that would help the influencers. These are, you know, the questions that influencers are supposed to ask sponsors, but they don't. So we made it kind of mandatory to tell the sponsors, you need to include this, this, and this, because these influencers are not going to know what to do. So you need to put, what's your message? What's the caption? What should you put in there? Um, what's your goal? What's your objective? Is it just awareness, leads, sales? Like it, they're all different because it depends what you're going to have to measure afterwards, right? So you really have to go deep into that. And we just made it so much easier and, and another thing we added on to that was the agency feature okay I learned the agencies know both sides of the problem they know the sponsor side and the promoter side right so it actually beneficial because they built they're the trust factor right um the spot the sponsor trust them and the, uh, the influencer trust them okay so nice. we provided them i'm like but what would what would make it attractive for them to go on here? Most platforms are trying to make the agencies obsolete because you're connecting sponsors and influencers directly, right? But what I learned was a lot of these influencers are lazy and they don't want to deal with stuff and same thing with sponsors. So they have someone to like manage the whole thing. Our platform already does that efficiently, but some people still just want that, right? Yeah. Um, when you have your own business, you have to do manual outreach and influencers think they're just going to come to them like a magic thing, you know, <laughs> because they get a lot of messages and they do get them, but that's not consistent enough. And you're, that's not in your control, right? So the agencies, there's three huge benefits that they can have when they go on there. Obviously the platform makes it more efficient. So instead of weeks or months, they can finalize transactions within 24 hours because we force the influencers to respond within that time frame if they accept their offer or not. So that's one thing. Two is their inventory of influencers. So let's say you have one agency with a thousand followers, I mean, uh, influencers or promoters, yeah. and then another agency goes on with another thousand. Well, because they have a shared database, you now have 2,000 influencers each that you can promote to sponsors. So you have more variety, more possibilities of connections. So because if someone's looking for someone in fitness and you don't have that in your inventory, well, you're not gonna get that sponsor. But if more and more influencers are joining through the agencies, well, the, your inventory just grew. It's almost like an Alibaba of influencers, you know? You're getting their price direct from them. Yeah. And the third one is basically Right now, the only way agencies make money is by connecting sponsors and influencers. If you don't connect them, the agencies, they don't make any money. So we suggest, why give these influencers a fish for the day when you can teach them how to fish and eat for a lifetime? Teach them how to get sponsors on their own. If I had a thousand influencers and I have one sponsor, they're not going to hire a thousand. They'll hire 10. Well, what are the 990 influencers doing? Absolutely nothing. Well, what if you had a thousand influencers reaching out to sponsors, let's say 10 sponsors a month, right? You have a thousand of them doing that a month. You're getting a lot of sponsors coming in and it's the first time they'll actually have residual income by simply educating them on how to get the best sponsors. Now they have residual income by doing absolutely no work and maybe just giving them advice here and there and they can actually uh, scale their business. Right now, there's nothing that scales it. I love it. I think, um, I know I've let you talk there without interrupting, but I could t I sense yeah. the passion because it's the latest thing that you've got <laughs> and I'll just let you roll, you know, i just let you do your thing. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> no, 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 don't apologize. Um, I wanted to ask if yeah. you are seeing any trends or patterns with who's signing up who is because this is pretty this is new stuff because it's not really yeah. out there but who's who's embracing it at the moment in terms so, of platforms and avatars yeah. who's up for it and who's so, not so one of the biggest things it's like it's such a philosophical uh barrier that we're dealing with i have because it's one it's such a new industry itself right mm -hmm. So influencers really don't exactly know what to do. There are people out there, when you see influencers with like 
thousands of followers, don't assume they're making money. They're just charging way too high, but that's because they only get one sponsor a month or whatever. And so they're charging and trying to milk as much as possible from them. And it's really the learning curve that's happening. One of the things that the trends that are happening that most people don't are not really aware of is the rise of the nano and micro influencers. The reason they're becoming more popular is because of the engagement rate. So Dan, if you had 10 friends, it's more likely that you can hang out with all of them, right? Yeah. When you have 100 friends, it's less likely you're gonna have dinner with all of them and hang out with them, but you'll probably have that 10 and maybe a little more. So you would have like a, let's say 15, 20% engagement rate, right? With 100 friends or even let's say 1,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. When you reach 100,000 followers, your engagement rate actually plateaus and when you go up, it actually decreases. Sometimes it actually decreases as you go to the 100,000. Um, yeah. But it pretty much plateaus, uh, you know, but it, it basically decreases as you get more followers, which makes sense, right? You can't, you can't engage with every single one of them. It's impossible and not all of them are going to engage with you. And so what's happening, instead of getting someone, let's say, with a million followers, it's better to get 10 with 100,000 followers. I love it. Because their engagement rate is, let's say, 10%. Here's the, here's the maths coming into it. I can sense there's figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a million followers, their engagement rate are usually around like 1%. So that's a hundred thousand people, right? Yeah, and have you uh, million followers, one percent? Another thing, have you but seen it, the film Moneyball with Brad Pitt? Because this is perfect example. No. You need to look at it. Oh really? Yeah. He, um, I'm going off topic slightly, but I need to just pop it in here. He, yeah, yeah. He, I, I can't remember the name of the guy. It's based on a true story. Um, Billy, Billy, oh, I can't remember. I'll put it in the notes when I remember it. But he um, <laughs> reshapes a baseball team. He he completely changed how. Um, the baseball, what is it? MLB, uh, is it MLB over there? They, 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 oh, based on statistics yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Watch it. That's yeah. all I'll say. You'll love it. I remember that. That's right. So just like what you were saying there, you don't need that follow. You don't need that person with 1 million followers. You need 10 with a hundred thousand. And he was the same oh, principle it, with building a team. Exactly. You don't need the franchise player. You need three that'll deliver the same stats as that franchise it, player. Actually even more because when you have, 100,000 followers, you get 10% engagement. Yeah. Now, when you stack up 10 of those 100,000, that equals to a million. But now you're getting 10% of that. So, you know, so it, it's actually a lot more rather than 1%. I love it. So statistically, yeah. you know, just because you've got a million followers doesn't mean that you're going to be worth paying more money to. Exactly. And another thing that we're tackling right now, which is very difficult out there, is the hyper-local uh, marketing. Oh, nice. So a lot of businesses can really benefit from hyper-local influencers, someone from your town. But a lot of these influencers are not looking into it yet, but I think people are going to start waking up to it because I don't know why. So someone, let's say, has, you know, 20,000 followers and they're looking for like Nike, Adidas and like, how about that pizza place next door to you? Yeah. How about that restaurant? And they would make so much more income by pricing themselves lower and catering to the local scene. And it's all there in the, like, I mean, it's it's right there on a platter. And if they can grow and become the social, you know, the uh, uh, local influencer in their area, they would make so much money. And that's kind of how the platform helps. Uh, our mission with that, see, it's mission driven guys. It's always important. The mission is to empower anyone to become entrepreneurs by monetizing valuable exposure with a platform to manage their own business and to a marketplace to connect with sponsors. So that's our mission is empowering anyone to be able to manage their own business and connect with sponsors more. Basically, you build your own business and you become an entrepreneur. And did you hear and how you can, ironic, did did he hear how easy it was for Ricardo to just say his mission statement? Because if you can't say your mission statement like that, you need to work on your mission statement and get yeah. some brand strategy in place because it's important, yeah. really important. Yeah, because your brand has to, is going to have to go and follow that mission. Like nothing can go uh, away from that. Mm. Everything will follow that. Um, and that's what we're trying to do is 
everything that we do has to be empowering the influencers. We're more on the influencer side than the sponsor side. Like the sponsor should just be going in there because the number one thing people um, don't realize, and when I say all the problems come from influencers, and the reason I say that is because the only things that an influencer can complain about is uh, if and when they actually get paid on the agreed amount on time. Yeah. That's it. If you paid someone, hey, it's $100 to do this at this day, here you go. There's nothing they can complain about, but the sponsors have a lot to complain about that's gonna come from the influencers. So the influencers better do a good job. Same thing with the tattoo artists, same thing with getting a haircut. You go to them because you trust them and you think that they know what they're doing. If they don't, you go to another service provider, right? Absolutely. Same thing with them. Yeah. If they don't produce the, the value or the results that you want, you you go to another influencer. Yeah. So yeah, so that's why I say that there's nothing to fix for the sponsor. You just better make sure you have that money. You know, you just make it as easy for them as possible. So here's a question then, which platforms yeah. are these influencers on? Because I'm looking down the site and I can see a little Instagram icon on a lot of these yeah. people. Is that, yeah. is that the big thing right now? Instagram is the most popular social network for influencer marketing. Okay. Um, TikTok is, still brand new uh, even though you're getting a lot of views it's very sporadic so it's very difficult to really capture the right audience because you don't know who's going to see it who's it's sporadic it's yeah. anywhere all of a sudden oh i have so many followers from nigeria or or views from there it's like yeah but my brand is in the u.s and it, you know what i mean yeah. so it's very difficult to do it on there youtube is very long form so that's kind of a different one too. So Instagram just became the most popular and it's the easiest one to kind of cater to, but it's the hardest one because it has so many features. Yeah. Especially now that they put reels in there, it's a TikTok feature that they put in Instagram. I don't know if you know about that. I'm terrible with Instagram. It's, it's <laughs> I, well, I say I'm terrible. I used it for quite a long time. I, 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 do I have my own art um, yeah. store and I produce my own illustrations and it's perfect okay. for that. You know, I managed to yeah. I managed to launch the store, sell quite a few prints um, via Instagram, do promotions, yeah. campaigns, whatever. Blah, blah. But I just got a little bit tired of it all. And for me, that wasn't what my art was going to be about. My art was yeah. a passion project, so I kind of reined that in. And now I'm only doing yeah. personal commissions. But I understand the platform. I understand and I get what right. Instagram I'm not really using it right now. And Yeah, it, and I get it. I think it's also, I don't know how old you are. When you don't grow up with this, it's a lot less second nature, yeah. you know? <laughs> Well, I'm 42, and I'm not. Have I asked? Yeah, I'm 45, oh, so we're yeah. not used to yeah, it. Yeah. And you know, when you see a sunset, you actually want to see the sunset. <laughs> I'm, I am laughing because I just see these people, these kids walking around with phones, photographing everything. I'm like, yeah, just use your two eyes for now, because be in the moment. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. Not quite our so generation, that, is it? Yeah, it's very um, awkward. It took me a while to was selfie i think my first selfie was like 2014 or something around that i mean i've had the brand for so long and i'm just like i like how you right, know an approximate year i'm not even forgotten no yeah. oh i recently <laughs> saw it pop up on my like uh right. remember this and i saw on there like rare selfie and i'm like oh geez that's when i started <laughs> i love it well look i'm, I'm kind of looking across at my little um time counter here ricardo and we're ticking yeah. on we're getting to 55 minutes so what i'm going to do we have there's a couple of questions that i haven't asked that i do want to round off with um because okay. i know we could talk about well i could i'm really enjoying the conversation but i have to have awesome. to make sure that things stay on on point and we, we keep yeah. things to a deadline so a question that i want to ask um is 10 if you met yourself 10 years ago yeah, thirty-five-year-old uh, Ricardo is sat in a bar, and forty-five-year-old Ricardo comes along, sits down, shares a drink, whatever. What are you going to say to yourself from ten years ago? You know, it's 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 funny because every time when I'm feeling stressed out and stuff like that, I imagine talking to my future self and talking to me, and I always say like he would be so pissed off if i quit <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay and well because 
the one thing I would tell myself if I was younger is like, it's it's okay to like to to commit to your ideas. Stop listening to to the the noise. You know, there's yeah. always something new. There's always a new way of doing things. Um, there were so many things I was actually doing before it was popular. Like my brother told me, like, oh my god, you were blogging before blogging was a thing. And I'm like, oh no shit. And I had should have just kept going. I didn't. Um, Facebook became a social network, and I was actually doing. I was building something similar. Uh, when social networks came out, I didn't realize what they were, and I go, "What?" So it's a dating site, with but you don't call it that, and that's what I was actually trying to build. I called up this person that had a dating site. It was friendsorlovers.com, yeah. and I said, "But I don't want a dating site. I just want it to be about friends." And but then that came about. But he just didn't listen to me. He didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to connect people from different colleges, you know. Right, right. And yeah, and he, I'm just like. And then when that came about, I actually wrote the guy like, "Thanks, dude, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> for for not listening to me. That's awesome." So yeah. So what? So that bit, that first bit of advice is what? Don't listen to the naysayers or don't listen. No, not the naysayers. Like when you have an idea that you're doing, you know. Don't listen to too much. When you're constantly trying to see what's the newest way of marketing and this and that, and you have like, um, so obviously you can kind of check it out, but like stay forward. For example, like for years I've been telling myself, you know, like oh I can't do programming now; it's too late. You know, like dude, you should have just done it. Just I would be a sick programmer now, and I would be able to develop my own apps and this thing. But I kind of just listen to everything else, you know, like oh, that's not going to happen. You know, it's like you have to really. What you need to do is really see the future version of yourself of who you want to become, and then start acting on it. Yeah, I like that. Instead, because you're going to confuse yourself, and that's the one thing I actually that would be the best thing. Um, for any entrepreneur, people that become entrepreneur assume that they're doing it because oh, I work for myself. There's no boss, right?、Mm. You actually have one boss, and that is the future version of yourself. <laughs> What would that person say to you when you're on your couch all the time? What would they say to you when you're not doing this? Or that's your boss. What an、Are、awesome be- perspective to take. I think that's brilliant. Ah,、oh, thank you. The future yeah, version because, of me. Yeah, and that doesn't mean work, 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 work. Because the future version of you is gonna be freaking depressed if all you did was work. Yeah, future、so、version of you. It's like、um, Scrooge, the film, isn't it? When he goes to see the ghosts of Christmas past, right, future. Right. Yeah, and it's it's that. Right. What would that person tell you? Would he be upset with what you're doing now? So it doesn't mean don't stop and smell the roses, because that future version would go like, dude, you have to stop and smell the roses also,、yeah. because you're not gonna make it to where I'm at, you know. So you really need to to do that. Love it. I love that. <laughs> so there we go. Your if if that did actually happen, then. Or if time travel existed, then thirty-five-year-old、oh. you is going to get one hell of a piece of <laughs> get some great advice because you'd be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs>、uh, yeah, the problem is it keeps moving because then、yeah. the the main one, the other future one. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone's listening, I don't know if you get、um, the same series of of box sets on Netflix over there, but I've been watching a box set called、um, Dark at the minute, and that's all around. Oh my god! Yeah, have you watched I- it? Oh, I watched the whole thing, man. I won't. Don't tell me. Don't spoil it for anybody. Oh, so this is what happened, dude. <laughs> <laughs> But、um, yeah, same principle. Future people yeah, overlapping. Yeah. Anyway, we're going off on a massive tangent.、Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think、awesome. that's I think that's a great answer for that one. Thanks for for that insight.、Uh, the we've we, we've hinted at this already. Was the I like my guests to come up with a boldish brand for each episode, and you have actually mentioned it. So if anyone hasn't picked up on it, we're going to go into it now. But who would you like to put as this episode's boldish brand, Ricardo? Who are you shouting for? We、uh, the best brand that I see out there. Yeah, who's doing it for you right now? Yeah, I mean. Like I kind of mentioned it before, but you know, Red Bull just has that. Like, I mean, people are just—they they just want to get the hat. You know, they want to get the brand, and they just captured such a huge market. 
with what they're doing and their logo sophisticated. It's not even like a simple logo. And so Red Bull just kills it in the action sports game, you know? Yeah, well, I think on biggest perspective, because don't forget, you've got F1. They've got Red Bull in there and they just, it's nearly everywhere you look, Red Bull will appear. And when it does appear, it's always in the perfect context. And it's because they're starting to understand it's more the mentality of, not the lifestyle. They didn't stick with just action sports. Mm-hmm. They started to go into, uh, you know, breakdancing and stuff like that. Is it even called breakdancing anymore? <laughs> Probably. I, I think know. it's called something else anymore <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> but they got into that. They'll get into anything kind of extremish, you know, and they're all completely different lifestyles. I think right? um, they'll go into like yeah. team cheerleading probably, you know? Yeah, because I think either love or hate the drink and I, I'm actually not a big fan of the drink itself yeah me neither I can respect the brand you know I wouldn't buy a can of their yeah. drink I just wouldn't I wouldn't choose it but I love the brand I love the brand yeah the branding is awesome I don't drink Red Bull either like I just don't do any kind of like you know power drinks yeah, really but yeah. but it would be sick to have a shirt, a cl- you know, like yeah. you just want to wear it. It's it's crazy. No, I get it. I think that's a really, uh, it's a good a good boldish brand because, yeah, it's it's a big brand, but it's a brand that's that's grown. I can't even think how long it's been around, but a long time. And it it's yeah. from what it's what it was and what it's become. It's just. Oh, massive. But you know what? I, mean, I think Monster's been around longer, and that's something else. Wow, really? I'm sure I've read somewhere that wow. the Monster brand was one of the first energy drinks, and Red Bull came after it. Wow. I'm going to I'm gonna have to look that up or find it, because if I'm sat here making false claims, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm wrong and I'm and sorry, you, but you know, I think that's what yeah, I've read. Yeah, you know what's, what's funny? What helped them out, because in the um, kind of the action sports realm, it's the, almost the use of influencer marketing that really made them. It's not. It wasn't just about commercials or anything. It's because you know the action sports people were like was promoting it, and you know they really attached themselves to these like different people sponsoring everyone in the the game. You know. Absolutely, I'm googling this as we speak so I can find out. So, ah, oh, nice. Monster Energy introduced April 2002, 18 okay. years ago. Okay. Red Bull. Whoa, give me a date. Introduced 1987. I'm entirely wrong. So that makes complete sense. I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, whoa, I did not actually. Do you you know what? Apparently, this is Wikipedia I'm quoting, by the way, but country of origin. Do you know where Red Bull comes from? Uh, I think it's Europe somewhere, right? Yeah, Austria. Austria, wow. I'm learning, I'm learning as we go. Yeah, they did amazing, I mean. I'm surprised, so yeah, I apologize for saying Monster came first, I'm wrong, it was Red Bull, they've been around a lot longer, that's why Ricardo chose them as this episode's oldest brand. I'll get myself out of that hole, you see. What's their mission? I wonder what their mission is. Just Google them, there's loads of stuff. Yeah. Right? Including how much um, taurine they put in drinks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> other other big name brands are also available. I'm not taking any sponsorship from that brand at all. I'll just point that out. <laughs> no, no, no referrals or anything. So listen, I think um, I think we've we've just covered so much in a reasonably short amount of time. We've just pushed over the hour, so that's how I'm finding my kind of natural point of where to draw things to a close so you know i I just want to say really that it's been fascinating listening to your journey to what you've been through in terms of um setting up your brands establishing your businesses i think and i hope that people listening will take as much value out of this interview as i have um so thank you very much for coming on the show really that's what i want to say yeah Thank you so much for the opportunity and uh, rehashing, going going back, man. <laughs> you made me go back and really like, wow, what did I go through, you know? Absolutely. So that's really cool. So listen, thank you very much, Ricardo. Let's wrap it up there, but thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to you. Okay. So here we are, the end of another episode. 
If you want to read more about my own work or my business, or if you feel like applying to be a guest on the show, which I am looking for new guests, if you feel like anything on the show has resonated with you on any level, please get in touch. You can do all of this via my website, which is danielocock.com. You'll be able to listen to more episodes on there. You can see some of my designs, some of my illustration work as well. You'll also find all my social media channels. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and there is some stuff on Instagram. You'll be able to engage with me directly on there. The podcast itself is available to download via most of the major platforms out there. So thinking Spotify, iTunes, things like that. If you like the show, then please don't forget to hit share and it would be great to read a review or two from yourselves. Um, just to tell me what you think about the show. I will read some of those out at the end of each episode and I'd like to give some special mentions and thanks to anyone who does take the time to write one. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, if you're not proud of your brand, how do you expect anyone else to be?